This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Brought to you by Toyota. Let's go places. Welcome to Forward Thinking. Hey everybody and welcome to Forward Thinking, the podcast that looks at the future and says, you better run, 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 run. I'm Joe McCormick. I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And I'm uh, Holly Fry. Holly is joining us today because our regular host, Jonathan Strickland, is out on vacation. We're recording without him. How dare he? How dare he? It's not cool. Um, so today we wanted to talk about the future of fitness. Yes, uh, this is partially why we have Holly joining us. She is usually on um, Stuff You Missed in History class, but is also a little bit of a fitness enthusiast, I would say. Ye- accurate. Mm-hmm. Accurate. I have a uh, background in dance, although I haven't done that in any sort of real way in a long time. But I've always had a lifelong sort of interest in it, and I run regularly, uh, and I really like all the tech around fitness. Just wait till we get to gadgets. <laughs> Holly was a great resource in uh, writing the script for the video that this podcast is accompanying, and so we figured we'd talk today about some of the technical uh, outlook for the future of fitness, including games, gadgets, apps little doodads, James Bond gadgets. Right, yeah, because, I mean, you know, basically, you know, anyone can can do fitness by by moving, um, which is... Well, not fair, anyone. Fairly, well, most people, <laughs> but, which is which is fairly non-technological. Um, but there are many, many, many terrific advances, and, and yeah. So we want to get into, yeah, the, the gamification and the gadgets, but... I think I think first let's talk about um so so exercise is actual facts good for us is this scientifically proven what? I don't know I read Do we a know website this? that said we don't actually need any of that was but <laughs> it was uh you just eat lots of meat and you'll be okay Oh that that's my least favorite website that's that sounds, no problem Yeah uh, <laughs> No actually the uh medical science community is pretty united on this that getting a good bit of exercise is uh really good for you you don't probably really need to worry about getting too much unless you're in some tiny percentile of people that 
most of us don't fit into. Yeah, uh, overtraining happens, yeah. but uh, the general public is not in a huge danger. We're barely getting enough. <laughs> right. So, right. 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 Yeah. Well, yeah. What, what, what are those? What are those talk about that. Minimals. Min- minimals. Minimums that um, that professionals talk about. Well, the U.S. Health Department um, recommends that. You need to get, for a healthy adult, um, now it's going to be different whether you're a child or an elderly person or if you have a disability or something, but if you're able and a healthy adult, they recommend 150 minutes per week of moderate intensity aerobic activity. So that can be like just, you know, walking, going, hiking around, um, that that doesn't have to involve like really vigorous activity. You don't have to be sprinting or, or lifting 150 pound weights. That's right. just getting yeah. your heart beating a little bit faster than right. it Elevated normally would heart be. Rate. Exactly. More than a stroll. Yes. I think sometimes when you say walking, people think like the casual. Hey, I'm looking at things in windows. Well, yeah, walking it's more like more you the... walk toward lunch, not like you walk away from That's lunch. That's a perfect way to describe it. <laughs> or, or like um, the Saturday night fever walk, like yeah. the, like the good. Uh-huh. Or like <laughs> sometimes I pretend I'm RuPaul. And that really... (laughs) Only sometimes, Holly. Yeah, it's a really good confidence boost. If you're feeling a little insecure, pretend you're RuPaul, and my hand to God, everything gets better. That's a good strategy. If you can imagine a good house music beat to your walk as you're going, you're probably walking fast enough. You should be feeling it a little bit. Maybe breathing a little faster than usual. Yes. Yeah. Um, Maybe not able to carry on a strict conversation. That's one of those other indicators that they usually give out. Like if you can really speak, not able to gossip is one that I was told once. (laughs) There you go. Okay. Um, uh, Now, keep in mind that this is what they recommend as the minimum for a healthy adult. It's not like, oh, wow, I got there. I'm done. Um, it's, it's actually good to get more exercise than this, but th- this is what they say is the minimum for a healthy adult to, to have good physical fitness. Or you can trade out that 150 minutes every week of moderate intensity aerobic activity with uh, 75 minutes of vigorous aerobic activity. And this means like hard running or pl- playing an, an intense sport, something like, or like that. Like high-intensity interval training, yeah. although you should not probably be doing that for 75 minutes a week St- for most people. Certainly not straight. Yeah, that that would be. <laughs> no, those tend to be shorter sessions, and you want to space them out a little. More. Right, the, the interval part means that you space it out with less intense training. They also recommend that you should do at least two sessions of strength training per week. And so that just means, like, resistance training or lifting weights. Uh, they don't specify how long you need to do this, just to, enough, basically, I think, to be making progress. Yeah, you want to hit all of your major muscle groups, uh, there are different bodies of thought on some trainers like to do full exhaustion, like on each part once a week really hard. And some like to balance so that in those two sessions, mm-hmm. you would hit kind of full body each time. Uh, but yeah, t- uh, basically you want to get to a point where your muscles are challenged just past what they would naturally be able to do. And that's how you develop right. strength. Just right. enough that it's hard. Yeah. Yes. And uh, this is partially because, uh, Muscles burn energy when you're just sitting around. And when they are stronger, when they're in better shape, they are going to be burning more energy than they otherwise would. And that's basically yeah, awesome. That's true. By um, by doing more uh, strength training, you actually, I believe you increase your base metabolic rate yes. is what you're yes. saying. Right. Um, so that, yeah, you, you're healthier even when you're not exercising. If yes. You've been lifting weights. But you can't just coast for a couple of weeks. you got to keep it going. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think the, the stat that I've read, and I, I haven't confirmed this, but I think that you lose something like 10% of your muscle strength for every month that you are not as active as you otherwise were. Man, that's brutal. Yeah. Well... Uh, so how many of us uh, here in America are achieving these goals set out by our national health department? Do you have a statistic um, on that? Is it sad? I do. Well, I feel like we should so there's a, place bets. <laughs> a, a Boston Globe article from April, April 2013. Um, and this is actually, this part of the stat is better than I would have guessed, but it's still not great. It, it estimates that... 49.7% uh, of those interviewed in a study met or exceeded the guidelines um, for aerobic activity in the first six months of 2012. Okay. Um, That's not so, too bad. But also, uh, I, I'm, I believe I understand that the rates have been going up a little bit since lately there's been more of an awareness campaign nationally about us needing to get... Get hit. on that, yeah. Uh, so I think it's a little better than it was a few years before. Um Though I'm not positive about that. We should check later. 
<laughs> um, we'll try to post something on social about whether or not we're lying to you right now. Uh, well, in any case, th- this part is true. So about half of American adults surveyed um, were meeting or exceeding those aerobic uh, guidelines. So For the first six months of the for year. For the first six months of 2012. So that's still gunning it through the New Year's resolutions. Yeah, I wonder if that makes a big difference. It might. Although I go to a gym in January exactly, and go exactly. back in April. I, <laughs> it's I, a very different space. The, the YMCA my wife and I go to is unbearable in January. Oh, yeah. It's just <laughs> packed. You can't get in. And then, you know, wait a couple months and then it's fine. Mm-hmm. There's nobody there. Pretty standard. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe that's uh, affecting the statistic here. Uh, though a less encouraging statistic is apparently when you, um, and this is adults between the ages of 25 and 64, when you add in the combination of the aerobic activity and the strength training recommendations, both of them at the same time, um, just 20.7% of Americans Mom, were hitting them. I have some theories about that. Yeah, yeah. I do. I, I, I would say that a lot of women are not strength training because They're they have been taught that or they, they, they think they, they haven't even been taught. They just have this conception that if they if they lift weights or otherwise use resistance training, that they are going to get crazy dude muscles and... That everything will be terrible. What's wrong with that? (laughs) A, I think that Linda Hamilton in Terminator 2 is just about the prettiest lady ever on the planet. Well, and B, she'd work like four hours a day just to maintain those arms. Like, this is not going to happen to the average person. Oh, yeah. She'd like turn over her mental institution bed and do the chin-ups on it, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, the actress did not, but uh, but the character character did. Yes. You know, she might have been a method actress. <laughs> she lived in an institution working out all yeah. the time. Um, uh, yeah, ter- women, terrified there of is, Schwarzenegger. There is yeah. a fear among a lot of women that they're somehow going to get really bulky and huge. Uh, and that is not the case. That, I mean, for, for most human people, that is certainly not the case. And everyone's body type is different, of course. And, you know, and, and you can, you can. There are exceptions to every rule, but generally women do not have the testosterone in their bodies to build muscle at a rate that a man would. That's just the bottom line. Right, right. So. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about the benefits of regular exercise versus the uh, negative outcomes you might have if you don't get regular exercise. Uh, So one of the biggest things is that exercise helps control weight. Um, And this is interesting. I think some people have a misconception that it's like, well, if you exercise a lot, you're going to be really skinny. And if you don't, you're going to be really fat. And it's not exactly like that, but uh, what research seems to show is no matter what your weight level is, exercise seems to help you control it yeah. in that range. Um, and also, within um, whatever range you are, exercise also helps combat some of the negative effects of being overweight. So, like, having um, uh, bad HDL versus LDL levels, yeah. exercise helps control that in a very positive way. Uh, that that is your that is your um uh, good cholesterol in quotation marks versus bad cholesterol, right? Yeah, are um, those the technical scientific names? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> extremely technical. Yes, I'm completely forgetting uh, what no, what those the, things stand for. They, but, actually, but, they actually do always use those words. I always see it. They yeah. put it in quotes, like just so they're like kind of given it the side eye. Yeah. Well, I think good and bad cholesterol. <laughs> that's you know, it simplifies. It's yeah. also yeah I for mean, it's, easy communication. It's making sound bites. Moral judgment on cholesterol, which is a little bit goofy. <laughs> this but, is the um, e- evil cholesterol. Yeah. This is the benevolent <laughs> cholesterol. Um, I, uh, <laughs> well, uh, I I also did want to put in that um that weight in general is not your your best indicator by far of how healthy you are because muscle weighs more than fat and so. I mean, especially when you're first starting to work out, you might not lose any weight or even gain a little bit of weight and wonder, you know, why your scale is is telling you these terrible, terrible things. And it's not it's not that you're I mean, you know, exercising will make you more healthy, as I'm sure Joe is about to explain. Weight is just not the best indicator. Right. Um, yeah. So uh, it also basically correlates to a lot of uh, conditions, especially that we encounter in older adults, like regular exercise will help stave off heart disease um, and all kinds of cardiovascular and pulmonary problems. Um, it also it improves mood, they say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People who get more exercise are happy. Uh, I, I think this is really easy to notice just between those weeks where you're going to the gym and the ones where you slack off. You get better sleep when you get good exercise. Sure. Most people. 
You're both looking at me, and I don't know what to tell you because I, <laughs> I have sleep issues. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you knew everything. Well, I just, in, in terms of personal experience, like I'm a lifelong insomniac. I don't really care for sleep, and if I didn't have to do it, I wouldn't. So, oh I, no, you know. okay, I'm there with you actually. Yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, we got three vampires here in the same room. Oh yeah, three a.m. Sure. party tomorrow. Excellent. That sounds great. I'll probably be sewing. <laughs> <laughs> or on the treadmill. Uh, I'm, I'm actually usually working out about 1 a.m. That's yeah. when I like to. That's when I, I like to do that. I do like to. That's run. pretty cool. I like to yeah. run in the middle of the night. But well, for so many normal issue- human people, <laughs> for, for the non-freaks yeah. in right. the crowd, <laughs> uh, uh, roundup. Right. Well, I, all, all of this has to do with the um, with the hormone balances that happen in your brain and in your body. Things like serotonin. Um, uh, increased workouts can can get your your brain and muscles involved with more of that which is yay happy good times um for your mood and uh and also i th- I, th- I think that has to do with sleep as well uh, so i'm yeah. talking totally off the cuff so i think <laughs> I, i'm hoping that what i'm saying is actual facts no, but yeah. uh, i've heard same information cool. yeah um so round up on what we've seen so far uh pretty standard but just just know that this is verified by science. Exercise is really good for you. You need a lot of it. You should do it. At least half of American adults are not getting nearly enough. The stat I mentioned earlier, thinking I remembered, is from the same Boston Globe article I cited earlier. That It says that the most recent federal health data show a steady climb since 2007 in the number of U.S. adults meeting weekly workout goals, are its words. So... Though uh, the the long trend may have been kind of negative, like we've been getting less fit in the past few years, it seems like apparently there's been an upswing a bit. Mm-hmm. And and this does coincide um, with more people having more access to the Internet, which obviously gives you more direct access to social circles and uh, allows you. I mean, also things like fitness trackers have been coming down a lot mm-hmm. in price and and increasing in popularity. Fitness trackers. Fitness trackers. What Woo-hoo! is that? Is that like a like a hunter tracker guy with like a, a hat and a rifle, and he follows you? To... That's actually how marathons work. Yeah. Now that now that you mention <laughs> it, keeps people going. I would much rather have one of those than a Fitbit. But um, but <laughs> got a, a fitness hunter. Fitness know? hunter. Yeah. Um. No. 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 Fit, fitness trackers are you know little pocket sized bits of tech that take measurements and create some kind of useful output to tell you how you are doing in your exercise and other related metrics, possibly including your your eating habits and your sleep. Um, they're becoming a lot more useful as technology has improved, you know, giving us things that are water, a.k.a. sweat resistant, um, you know, having tiny, longer lasting batteries, more efficient screens, more powerful onboard and or linked software to crunch that data into something you can really use rather than just giving you a graph of you ran a bunch Um and, uh, but you could know that without a graph. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, you know, more onboard memories, smaller transistors, all, all of that kind of good, uh, Moore's Law technology stuff has, has led to fitness trackers. Yeah, Holly is wearing one right now oh, as we speak. Do. What kind is that, Holly? Uh, it's a Fitbit Flex. Uh huh. Uh, I, tell lo- us about it. I love it. <laughs> uh, I will say it was startling. It's one that, uh, Fitbit has put out numerous, trackers throughout the years i don't want to make it sound too long but their um their newest one is the flex which you wear on your wrist versus the one which was more of a clip situation which was their previous model and one of the startling things was the sleep tracker function right right because you set it by tapping it five times as you go to bed and then you tap it again five times to wake up so it comes out of sleep mode. And then it will tell you how good or uh, how well or poorly you're sleeping. Uh, based, this, um, based on how much you were rolling around during your sleep. Based on your movement, yeah. Right. Oh, wow. uh, some people think there is a pulse element to it. There is not. Uh, it's just based on your movement and your twitching. And I, in mine was like, you woke up 23 times last night. Oh, my goodness <laughs> Which gracious. wasn't a huge surprise to me because I am, like I said, I have lifelong insomnia. And I am one right. of those people that routinely wakes up like a dozen times a night. But even on nights when I think I've really just slept like a log, it will turn out that, in fact, that is a nope. lie. Oh, <laughs> So uh, that was a little startling initially. Um, but it's really fabulous in that in terms of uh, tracking your motion, it tracks your overall motion for the day so that you can set yourself a goal of like... They put it in step terms, but sometimes it's not always just walking steps. Like you can right, say, you might be swimming I'm or do, like riding a bike. Mine is set to track fifteen thousand steps a day. So for each 
and it breaks it down into fifths. You have a um, an illuminated light, an LED for each fifth. So like right now when I tap it, it says I have not been doing all that much because I'm only three dots into my day and I should be further. Uh, so yeah, and then as you hit your goal for the day, it makes all kinds of rumbly noises and is exciting. And it just makes you know you're getting enough movement throughout the day. I think that sounds really helpful because it, it's got to be frustrating if you're trying to improve your fitness, but you don't exactly know what you're doing. You, you, yeah. don't, you don't have a sense of how of whether or not you're actually meeting your goals. Well, and most of the fitness trackers now, uh, they really do kind of measure a much bigger picture kind of motion for the day instead of just trying to track your exercise time mm-hmm. so that you do know, you know, like the Jawbone Up is another one uh, that does a similar thing. The Misfit Shine is brand new. It just started shipping, I think in the last six weeks. Uh, yeah, they're they super like shiny. They did like a big Indiegogo uh, mm-hmm. launch, and that's a really cool one. Um, it's just a little metal disc that has these little pretty lights on it, and to, to know anything about it, you have to uh, wirelessly connect it to your computer. Yeah, it looks like a piece of like medieval jewelry. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, it's interesting and different from other ones that exist. Like the Jawbone Up is a wrist-based uh, tracker. The Fitbit Flex is wrist-based. The one is a clip, like I said. Uh, but the Misfit Shine, you can wear wear in any number of places and they actually sell different accessories where it can be a necklace or a bracelet or a it can be a clippy thing and it's aircraft grade aluminum so it can go through your washing machine which is a problem for a lot of other trackers like one of the problems with uh, previous versions of the Fitbit is that people would forget it was like one of the things they tell women is that you could wear it clipped to your bra so that it's out of the way and it doesn't you know you don't see it it's not taking up accessory space in your life until you don't then see it goes it. through the wash and then yeah. it's a hundred dollars of ruined tech yeah um, so like the newer Fitbit can go in the shower with you and it's not a problem they say, it's one of those things that where they say it's um, water resistant or water tolerant but not waterproof so mm. you couldn't you can go swimming and it will track your swimming activity but you don't want to go deep sea diving with it or anything generally Whereas good the advice shine, for i think technology. you probably could go diving with yeah i don't know i i do not recall the uh specs on that but yeah pretty solid little guy Uh so these guys can have um any number of sensors in them um the 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 wrist related stuff that holly was talking about is is usually placed on your wrist because of ppgs or uh photoplethysmographs i think i said that right on the first go that's crazy talk grown-up oh that's oh you're challenging me joe photoplethysmograph um, and, and that's, that's the new standard in non-invasive heart rate monitoring. What, what they do is they bounce light, um, usually in LED so that they're not burning your skin, um, through the, the first through layers of your skin and measure what comes back to see how much blood is moving through your capillaries because blood is going to absorb more light than the surrounding tissue so they can track your, your pulse and through that, which is wow. super awesome future technology. Uh, is this real? This is totally. This is this is what is Joe in looks stuff right terrified. now. <laughs> I've always wanted a machine that'll keep track of my blood, but I, uh, I never thought it would come true. Usually they're big and cumbersome, and the wheels squeak. But now it's just right on your wrist. Uh, th- these days they're also being paired with a accelerometer, which will help compensate for your body and skin movement, um, yeah. which makes them more accurate. The old version of this, of course, was an electrocardiogram, aka an ECG or EKG. That was so many uh, initialisms in one short sentence. There, I apologize, guys. Um, and and those would uh, detect electrical electrical signals through your skin with little uh, electrode pickups. Um, other stuff that happens in fitness tractor, uh, fit, fitness tractors, fitness trackers, yeah, I think is I the word that I was mine. <laughs> drive it around the house. Yes, you my do. fitness tractor. <laughs> um, pedometers, <laughs> pedometers, of course, are the things that, that measure, uh, the motion of your, of, of your hips when you walk or the, um, impact of your steps. Accelerometers, which, uh, are motion sensors that measure the change in, in direction and velocity of anything they're connected to. GPS receivers for tracking your position. Altometers. Altimeters? Yes. Altimeters. Altimeters? Really? That's so goofy sounding. Which measure uh, elevation gained and lost 
and uh, therefore can can attribute calories burned to harder work like climbing stairs than just going in a straight line. Galvanic skin response sensors. These are some oh, of my yeah. favorites. They they detect um, perspiration and thereby they, they they measure the conductivity of your skin mm-hmm. and thereby detect how much you're sweating, which can help detect how much work you're doing. Um, and then infrared thermometers to track your body temperature and the ambient temperature with the principle that if you are warmer than your surrounding environment, you are doing more work. Uh, that's pretty awesome. They're they're pretty awesome things. I I do not. I have a I have a pedometer that we got from work through a you know corporate fish, fitness initiative thing. Um, it is it is just a pedometer. That is what it does. It does that yeah. one thing. It has one job. Um, but but I like it. I like it. You know, they're fun. Yeah. And I nerd out about all this tech. I'm I'm really excited to see what other kind of crazy laser related stuff they <laughs> start strapping to us. Well, I'm wondering. Uh are we always going to have to have this as like a – I don't like wearing stuff on my wrists or like clipping things to my clothes really. Um, is there any easier way to do this? As it turns out, yes. Um, they, they are starting to make things that they are calling temporary tattoos that are really more like stickers that contain all of the circuitry or some of the circuitry, not all of the circuitry because because uh, things are still a little bit too bulky to put it all in a single sticker. That you stick to your skin and it does the stuff. And then you can collect the readout, you know, either wirelessly or um, uh, through some kind of computer hookup. How long can you wear it? Uh, like I, th- I would I think imagine temporary, you're going to sweat like a, it off. Like a day? I, well, actually, I've, I think I've seen, I don't have numbers on that in my research, but I've, but I've seen them stick on for a few days at a time. So wait, epidermal electronics that can track your biofunctions, is this, talking, is this an idea, like a pro, or is this like a prototype, or is this already on the market? Uh, these, these are in the kind of prototype research sort of stage. Uh, they, they are being used in laboratories to track these biomedical indicators, but, but no, you can't go out and buy one like at Walgreens yet. Give it a minute. Uh, two minutes, I would say, but yeah. Wow. So C- I could, certainly less than 20 to 50 years. So I could just, potentially in the future, instead of having a, uh, uh, a wristband or something like that, I could just put this on in the morning, like stick it to my skin somewhere. It, like a nicotine patch, sure. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it uploads whatever information it needs to to my device and boom, I'm done. Hypothetically, yeah. Wow. That is, that is where we are headed. And I and I think yeah I I really do think that you know it might be very expensive in the near future. I mean I, I think the average fitness tracker is hovering right around the hundred dollar mark. Yeah, they range. Um, like I know the Nike Plus Fuel Band is uh, I think the priciest of the like small personals, and it's what one thirty nine. Oh wow, well, is it down there. to that? Cool. Yeah, they're not that bad. Um, you can get the the sort of heavier hitter. Like the, uh, I think there's still a model of Body Bug or Body Fit Media. I think those two, those have higher price points, but they're also not the tiny little. Oh, right, right. They might involve um, jewelry EK- style thing. Yeah, yeah. Right? They also involve the EKG or something, which is more accurate, but you have to wear it on a chest strap to really get the. Yeah, gold. or they'll be mm-hmm. on like an arm strap. Right, sure. Um, I don't know. I, I could get like 50 bags of potato chips for the price of that thing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> But More, then you would just be 50 bags of potato chips richer, richer yeah. and not so much with an <laughs> eye on your longevity. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is the, all, all of this is super exciting. Okay, well, so we've talked about how uh, keeping track of what you're doing could possibly help the, the public health aspect of, uh, of fitness in the future. But I want to talk about motivation. This is an issue that concerns me because everybody knows they should get more exercise. I mean, all, it's you, not you a secret. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> you can't. This is not a guarded piece of information. You can't find people. I mean, maybe you'll find people who will kind of argue with. I don't know. I don't believe the doctors, but it, it, I, basically everybody knows. Yeah. That you, getting more exercise is a good thing. Yet people still aren't doing it. So there's clearly like a motivation gap. It's not a problem where people don't know what to do. They don't understand how to do it and they, and it's hard to get the willpower to do it. Yeah. And I can attest to this, you know, like it, you can, you can be doing good for a couple months, going to the gym a lot and then you get busy, you get a lot of stuff to do and you just don't make time for it. There, well, what always happens to me is there will be that week. You know, the dread week where you're like, oh, man, I have 32 deadlines at work and this is happening and this life thing is happening and I have to take care of just this week. I'm not going to worry about it so much. Mm -hmm. 
and then suddenly three months later, you're like, wait, what happened? I was I've experienced missing time. Up. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, there's. So, yeah. Well, I think we should talk about motivation. Yeah. How can you trick your brain into wanting to do this thing that you know is good for you? You have to make it fun. Make it fun. Making it fun. That There's scientific evidence that says that if you make it fun, if you give yourself a challenge, um, possibly even a social challenge, then, you know, like in sports, this is why a lot of people will wind up playing sports if they if they have the time to do so and, and use that as an exercise. Because uh, as it turns out, if you make a game out of stuff, people like to do it more. You know what, you know what the corporate dudes call that? Gamification. Oh, yeah. <laughs> don't you love that word? I, do. I don't. <laughs> well, let's take something that's not a game and make it into a game so more people will do it. Uh-huh. And furthermore, make it into so an like, increasingly ridiculous noun phrase so that uh-huh. we can... Uh, gamification. Gamification. Well, it's I think once it gets saturated into like the world of marketing and stuff, it gets some fingerprints on it that make it kind of feel not so pleasant and delightful. <laughs> the concept of gamification, I think, is pretty clean. It's actually it's <laughs> yes. smart. Yes. So if, if these marketing executives can turn, like, I don't know, collecting coupons into a game or something, right. which I'm sure they do in one way or another. Oh, yeah. They... they can turn getting fit into a game. And actually, that's not hard at all because we've been doing it for thousands of years. Sports. Yeah, yeah. that's what soccer is, guys. Yeah. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but, 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 but also, I mean, that's what fitness trackers can help you do if you use them as such. You can, you can, uh, especially the ones that link up through social media, you can p- compare what you're doing to what your friends are doing and make it into a little bit more of a, uh, Competition, a social Competi- thing. Yeah, okay. Well, so I was ma- I was like wildly gesticulating, <laughs> and everyone was looking at me. We, but. Well, we we know what sports are. Everybody's aware of them. But it is true that there are probably a lot of people. Uh, I might put myself in this category sometimes who wish they got more exercise, who enjoy when they do get more exercise. But you you can't really just find the time and the social energy to get yourself into a soccer club or something like that. Yeah, or scheduling gets really tricky sometimes. Yeah, like exactly. I really want to take some Lyra classes, but it happens at like 10 a.m. on yeah. Tuesdays. <laughs> so are there good ways that we think advances in the future or even stuff that's happening in the present can really help us turn fitness in, into a game without these scheduling complications? There are complications? tons of them already. There are tons of them. Loads. What are they, Holly? Loads. Um... Uh, I actually would love to talk about console games first because they've been around much longer Go than the it. other thing we're going to talk about. Go sure. for it. Um, I'm trying to think of what year Yourself Fitness came out, but it's a ways back. It's back like pre-360 Xbox. And yeah, that was, was the first one that was really available widely in the U.S. Something market. something like 2002-ish? I think it might even be Can like 99 yeah. I, I think people who played the E.T. game for the Atari 2600 actually got fit. a lot of exercise <laughs> by smashing the cartridges <laughs> over and over. Uh, that, you know, there's merit. You're still getting movement. But uh, you're saying this is the first real. It's the first game that was really like. Intended. It was a virtual trainer who, you know, would put you through your paces. You would pick whatever the focus of the workout would be for the day. And her name was Maya. And I loved that thing. It was super fun. Uh, was it was it mean, like the Wii Fit one? No, it was not. <laughs> Although she would kind of let you know when you were falling down on the job. Like, she'd be like, eh, you're not doing so great this week. Like, hey, the, the, the you're Wii, a little lazy. The Wii Fit Pig is like, hey, you gained weight. Yeah, it's like, hey, <laughs> hey chubs. I mean, it's really not you know what? kind or gentle. I think the ideal exercise console game would be one where the uh, the king of the cosmos from Katamari Damacy <laughs> trains you in, in getting exercise. I'm in. Maybe. You know, like, what would he say when you... you I would, I, You're an utter failure and embarrassment to your family. But And that motivation works for some people. Some people do, like when you think about the old school athletic coach that yells at people, that still does work for some people, but not for everyone. So thankfully, uh, this we field options, has right? really <laughs> diversified quite a bit. But that first game, it was really basic. You still had to use your controller. Regular uh, old it wasn't wired controller. monitoring your actual movement. There was a little bit of an honor system to it oh, where you I would see. have to be following along with Maya, the trainer, almost like you would a workout video. And then at the end of each segment, you would say like, yes, that's done or whatever. And, uh, <laughs> and then based on that, but you couldn't game it like it was on its own timer. So you couldn't speed it up or anything. Uh, I mean, you could sit there on your tail and wait for it to be time to give input and lie. 
But I am one of those people that has a very hard time lying to my electronics, and I don't know why. I'm like, that's forever. It's on record. Uh, So I never lied to Maya. But um, it's very noble. (laughs) I don't think. I think it's more neurotic than noble. But (laughs) no, trying to cheat the uh, fitness game. (laughs) Why did you you buy the saddest state of affairs I've ever heard? Oh, it happened all the time. Uh, Well, because they had gamified it in a way where, like, as as you achieved certain things, new exercises would be unlocked, and people would get obsessed with the unlocking of things, but not uh the doing of them, which I always (laughs) found funny. Uh, That sounds. I'm just picturing like like my especially. I mean, she sounds like she was nice, but if she were like if she were that wee fit pig, like I would probably be sitting there with a bunch of pork rinds sitting back going like <laughs> yeah I totally did that no she's pretty nice so you'd have to eat Soylent Green okay. and uh, yeah, she's human-esque okay. uh, but then for a while Sony got in on it with the iToy uh-huh. and they were doing some fitness games uh, and then Kinect really kind of bridged a gap and of course Wii Fit kind of really opened up the fitness gaming market. Oh, once you got some accelerometers and stuff like that in your controllers yeah it was you know you, they didn't have to have a camera involved it was still measuring your motion and I mean do you remember when that thing came out, how hard it was to get a hold of one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, that I remember I was getting was... the text alerts from Amazon to let me know when it was in stock. And I remember I was at my job at the time in a meeting and I got the alert and I'm like, I gotta go. I'll be back. And I had to go <laughs> place my order really, really quick. And then I went back to the meeting. Um, and I still have my Wii Fit and I still play with it sometimes. Uh, just partially for nostalgia at this point. But, you know, you can find a range of really supportive and fun things that are very very game-like. Like, the Wii Fit has straight training, and it also has games that are getting you to move. Mm-hmm. And so whichever one of those people tend to enjoy more, they can mm-hmm. focus more on. Um, I, uh, I knew some people in college who would play the home version of DDR as a workout. Oh, I love my that's, DDR. That's Dance Dance Revolution, for those of you who do not know. Oh, that um, was fun stuff. Yeah. And they actually did try to launch a campaign at one point, like a, a marketing campaign of like, look at these people who have lost weight and gotten fit playing, but it really didn't take off or go anywhere. Uh, I mean, it kind of fizzled out. You did have to have a pretty aggressive love of really bad J-pop, which I think might have been a barrier. I don't understand why that would be a problem, but that's neither here nor there. You Um, really are standing in for Jonathan today. (laughs) He really loves J-pop, guys. I like it a lot as well. Uh, But now, what's really interesting (laughs) is that a lot of athletic and fitness wear companies are in on it. Like, uh, Nike has a game for Kinect. Oh. Uh, that they're partnered with uh, Microsoft. Um, Adidas has a game called My Coach. Um, and I will say, though, I don't know that sales on those have been stellar. Really? Like a couple years ago, EA Sports Active came out, and that was really popular initially. Um, and then it seems like it kind of fizzled. So I think the console element is a little bit dropping off because now it's all about apps. Right, right. Apps. And there are a lot of apps. Oh, you, There's one that you use all the time, right? There are dozens that I use all the time. Wow. Um, I'm telling you, I like technology and I like running around. Okay, well, <laughs> one I mentioned in the script because I love the idea so much was the one where you run from zombies. I love this thing. I love I get, this about it. I get Holly's Facebook updates about this all the time. Yeah, because I've never played it, so explain to us. It's like an RPG. Yeah. Um, so it's a serialized story that plays out during your run. So each run is like a mission. You are runner five, who is this runner that gets recruited. It's post-apocalyptic. There's been a zombie outbreak. It happens, um, I think just outside of London. And, uh, it's kind of this base that's trying to, you know, put itself back together and sort of form this little pocket of human civilization and survive together. And you become a runner. Basically, your job is to go out and run to places and collect supplies. Uh, and zombies will chase you. There's actually a setting in the game where you can activate zombie chases or not. They will still appear in the storyline, but if you have zombie chases activated and they catch up to you, like you don't speed up enough during your run when a zombie chase alert happens, you'll drop some of your supplies so you won't be able to build your base as quickly. And this is basically interval training. I mean, this is this is a pretty proven... If you have the zombies on, oh, right, they right. are. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's yeah, that, that zombie running thing in in particular, right, is... Yeah. I, I just think that's so clever. It's so great. It is. I it's mean, really smart and fun. Do you, so you find this, like, uh, actually very motivating above your level of normal interest in running? 
Yeah, because there are days when I don't feel like running. I mean, I love running. I hate running. I love running. I hate running. I think many runners think will most, tell you yeah. that. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have a shirt that says that. I mean, it's not an uncommon scenario where there, you know, you have great days and when it's a good run, it's exhilarating. And when it's bad, it hurts and it just is awful. Um, but it's one of those things where, you know, you, I really got to get more supplies and build my base. I better... I better get out there. So even like, uh, because we sometimes get to telework, like if I'm teleworking, that's usually a day when I'm like, you know what I'm going to do at lunch is I'm going to go get some supplies to build my base. (laughs) (laughs) I'll pop out and get a run where I probably wouldn't otherwise. Um, and, uh, it's, it's, there's a goal. <laughs> and I, and I believe this is using GPS tracking to, uh, to tell how far you've gone. And you have options, actually. Yeah. You can do GPS tracking, or I often, um, in my weeknight training, I run on an indoor track. So I use the accelerometer for oh, that. Okay, cool. So it doesn't give you mileage at that point. Right. And the way, uh, they handle zombie chases in that instance is they base it on, like your base pace, like what you're going and how much you accelerate beyond that based on what the accelerometer is uh, getting in terms of feedback. So you can still get caught by zombies and drop your stuff. Very troubling. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it is very fun. They're deep into season two now. Like the first season was so successful that they put out a second season and it really is. The story is really well written and super engaging. Any fans of like, it's a it's Joss a radio Whedon drama. Would basically, love it because yeah. there's lots of references to um, Buffy. There's the occasional Doctor Who reference. Uh, it's very nerd focused, but it's also accessible <laughs> to people that are not into all those things. Yeah, the, the slightly uh, less health inducing game was the one where you get chased by Daleks. You, yeah. you just go upstairs. <laughs> They're like, just lie <laughs> down. <laughs> lie down. You're deceased. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so I find it super engaging. I love it. I like I'm always trying to proselytize people into downloading Zombies Run and and joining me in my crazy um adventure. But and that one has a little bit of a social element. You um they have a site called Zombies Link and you can upload your your runs and you'll compare your base building to other people's base building and it's all very exciting. But there are so many other running apps, it's not even funny. Like Nike Plus has one that I sometimes use. Um, there are apps that will keep track of your uh, path that you take, and it will share it with other people so that, like, if you have friends that you have allowed access, they can see where you are. Um, there's a company called Road ID that's been making these literally, like, um, um, metal identification tags that runners can wear so that if something were to happen to you on the road you would have all of your emergency information, but now they've made an app that both drops a breadcrumb. Like when you start your run, you could say, I'm starting to run. I'm going to run for about an hour. And like, I use it with my husband because I don't always know where I'm going to run. And he wants me to be safe. And it will send him a URL and say, this is where Holly's at. And he can click that and it will show him the map of where I am all the time, um, which is super cool. And it has like a thing where you can set up a lock screen. So if, heaven forbid something were to happen and your phone locks like most people's do um, they can still like emergency services would be able to just see on your lock screen who your emergency contact is if you're allergic to anything what you need to what they who they need to be in touch with etc it's very cool so tech is kind of helping not just motivate but keep everybody safe because the zombies yeah. have gotten you <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> there so, are even apps where they will um, read tweets to you like if you're running and you uh, open your, you know, you set your app and say, I'm going for a run, your friends will get the, they'll see in their Twitter feed, like, this person is Holly's running. going for a run. And if they reply to you and say, go Holly, yeah, go, go you'll literally hear the robot oh. voice say, you know, Janine says, go Holly, go. It's like very, very fun. Yeah. That sounds like a nightmare. No, it's that, fun. And th- no, that, that sounds much more relaxing than my other friend who had like, like Warren Ellis's tweet stream straight into his, <laughs> into his job, <laughs> yes. which sounded awful. I don't think that I want that. Some are like really pleasant. Uh, you know, it depends on how nice your friends are, I guess. Nice ladies from Great Britain. Some are, you know, uh, your standard neutral American accent. They're very cool. <laughs> so I wonder if uh, does the social media aspect of this really actually help people get better performance and better gains? Um, there's there's a whole lot of of information out there about about motivation and emotional support and all of that. Um, I mean, the, the answer is basically yes. Yes, it, it is scientifically proven that if you have emotional support when you are doing stuff and that social media counts as emotional support, 
Uh, do you have, I mean, Holly, do you feel like when you link your stuff up to, because I don't have personal, I've never done that thing where I've linked it to any of my social social media accounts. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's nice. Like Nike Plus has a, has another one that's similar. They don't read you the, the texts um, or your Facebook things, but every time someone likes your status on Facebook that you're out for a run, you just hear cheering. It kind of breaks in over your soundtrack, whatever you're listening to. <laughs> and it's really nice. You're like, oh, somebody likes that I'm running. Um, Aw. <laughs> You know, if you how okay. I feel like such a jerk now because well, you I are get this jerk. feeling <laughs> when I see people on social media bragging about the exercise they're getting, I'm just like, ah, you don't have to do that. But now I feel like a mean guy. You're not. Well, and some of it isn't even um, conscious. Like some will just automatically upload it. Like you really aren't doing anything. Like I'm not always aware. And I, I go, oh yeah, this is linked. That's the thing social that just media. happened. Yeah. yeah, I shouldn't feel like that. I no. I renounce it. I renounce it. It's okay. Well, good. <laughs> You're allowed to feel ways about things. Uh, no, no. Judge I, away. That's the deal we make <laughs> as part of society. We're going to get judged sometimes. I do. I, I will. We're going to do another episode on fitness as well. And I, I think in that one, I've got a big old section on um, on exactly how what your community is doing affects what you're doing in terms of um, motivation and self-control and, uh, and, and fitness. So. Cool. cool. Well, I'd like to talk about something a little bit like that that I think uh, comes in big when we're talking about the gamification of fitness. Uh, and this definitely shows up in standard sports. Uh, like when you talk about something like conjunctive tasks, mm-hmm. um, it's a phenomenon that's often applied to exercise science and it's known as the Kohler effect. Have you all heard of this? I have because you mentioned it in your notes. Uh-huh. <laughs> so the Kohler effect works like this. Um Imagine you've got uh, person A and person B, and uh, let's give them names. Uh, let's not give them names. You can, you can you can call them Holly and Lauren. I okay, promise I won't be offended. Oh yeah, there you go. Let's let's say there's Holly and Lauren. Now we um, take Lauren and we put her on an exercise bike and in a room by herself and say, um, "Go as fast as you can for as long as you can," and we'll just like monitor your progress. And then we track what she does. Then we put Holly in exactly the same condition, except we put her in a room full of people who are collectively trying to uh, achieve the best possible average time. Right. And they're all better than her. Right. Um, How do Holly and Lauren compare? Well, it turns out that uh, exercise science shows that Holly does a lot better in this case. Yeah. Um, and and th- this is what's known as the Kohler effect. Basically, lower performing individuals who are placed among a group of higher performing individuals show much greater gains yeah. than people who work alone. Yeah, I mean that's pretty commonly known. I think in fitness, one thing if you ever talk to like a group fitness instructor, they will tell you like the people that normally would kind of turn in a mediocre performance if they were exercising solo or by themselves. When you put them in a class, they're aware that people are watching them. So they automatically gun it a little bit more. And also there's just like a different energy when you're all doing something together that kind of brings everybody up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, Feltz, Kerr, and Irwin, in a little article I have, uh, it seems that they found that the the peak uh, performance gain is when the less capable member is about 40% less capable than the stronger partners. Wow, that's very specific. Yeah. It's also very distant. Do you know what I mean? That's a big gap. Yeah, that's a huge gap. So when you're 40% less good than the person on your team, that's when you get the biggest benefit. I should be so much faster. I run with much faster people sometimes, but it hasn't happened yet. I guess I guess that's also why things like like for example marathons are are very popular because you're running with a bunch of athletes many of whom are are you know do that almost professionally if not actually professionally. Yeah. And Although usually people like me don't see those people. Well, yes. in a big group, well, because they stagger your start time so right. that the fastest people aren't clogged up with slow people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I'm usually a few corrals back. By the time I start, the fast people are long gone. Well, I just blow kisses to them in the distance. <laughs> so I think one of the cooler implications of what we know about the Kohler effect is actually how this pertains to the gamification of fitness, specifically like placing people among teams. Now, we already have team sports. I mean, that's yeah. a pretty common thing. But applying this to games, it's interesting to think of the idea of uh, 
having not just uh, a game like these most of these console games where you, you do fitness training and it gives you results and you can unlock new games and all that, but maybe adding like a massive multiplayer approach to that. So where you are using your fitness game not just to play against the computer, but that you're placed among a team of peers. Yeah, and some games do have multiplayer. They're not... I'm trying to think if any of them have an online multiplayer other than just uploading stats from what i've read i think this is sort of underdeveloped at the point at this moment but it is what i've imagined i mean if you could take the kinds of games that people really love i mean you mentioned that a lot of these console games the sales aren't stellar yet Mm. i mean if you could take this kind of gaming mechanic and put it in a game like world of warcraft or whatever or halo or something like that that people just go insane for I can see that being a big hit. Yeah. I'm. I, I would either. I mean, if I had to exercise in order to play Halo better, I would. I'm not. I'm. I'm really honestly not sure whether I would really exercise or whether I would end up hating my opponents in Halo even more than I already do <laughs> and calling them even worse names. I wonder that too because I have done my own sorts of experiments with this, where I'll say like. Um, and it's not even against other players necessarily, but like games that maybe don't require me to be standing the whole time or like a Wii game, like Epic Mickey, which I love. Mm-hmm. Not everyone does. That's fine. Um, there <laughs> have been, there was a time when I was playing through like a second time and as an experiment, I was going to say I could never sit down. I had to always be standing and moving to play. And after about an hour, I was like, I don't have to play through this time. Like, I just want to sit down. Uh, so I wonder if with him, when you put that in a big, massively multiplayer kind of concept, if it does, like Lawrence said, you just hate the having to of it. Well, it could be. But um, an- another thing that would be interesting is to imagine, say, like a massive shooter game like Halo or something where it's uh, it's sort of mixed mechanics. So imagine you're at some points of the game, you're using your controller or whatever to to play the normal combat simulation, but there are also lots of segments of the game that involve, you know, sprinting across enemy lines or something like that, and it hooks up to, I don't know what it would be, maybe your smart treadmill or your, uh, or you know, your GPS thing on your phone. If someone had to be able to lift and swing appropriately the weight equivalent of an energy sword at me in order to hit <laughs> me with an energy sword, I would be a fan of that thing. That, that's pretty interesting. <laughs> I yeah. would like that. Real good. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> that's actually, you I think, would have to be I think that's not as far I never used the energy sword. I'm a sniper, you guys. I'm back there. Snipers, oh, sniper yeah. rifles are heavy, too. You and They're heavy, husband. too. They are, they are, but that's fine. I could, I feel like I could deal with that. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I find this idea interesting, but also uh, here's another complication on it. Um, so we've been talking about playing against actual real players. One problem with that is that there's a uh, there's a counterbalancing effect to the Kohler effect uh, that's known as the social loafing effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you are the underperforming individual on this team, you're going to have sustained gains and you're going to do better and better all the time. This is a real good thing for you. If you're one of the best people on this team, this is not a good thing for you. Yeah. Because you will Your motivation actually, to get better is. Yeah. You, you will be losing your motivation and actually underperforming. Um, and so one interesting remedy to this I've seen uh, are some experiments where uh, exercise scientists looked at this and they said, I wonder what would happen if we replaced this team with a virtual partner. Mm. So Someone who can get who can like like a rabbit who can always be better than you no matter exactly. where you're performing. The, yeah. yeah, the greyhound track, the rabbit mm-hmm. that's always just mm-hmm. ahead of them. They're, you know, they're not going to catch it. Uh, though I've heard maybe they do sometimes. Uh, dog racing is not really my <laughs> zone. <laughs> Mine neither. It's outside my purview. Never, I'm not familiar. <laughs> Strangely um, enough, well, yeah. Well, in any case, if it was a digital rabbit, they definitely would never catch it. Um, so, uh, yeah, if you can imagine the same experiment I talked about before, but put both of you in rooms, um, and the one of you who's accompanied by partners is not accompanied by real people, but accompanied by just a, a virtual buddy in the game mm-hmm. who's always a little bit faster than you. No matter how good you do, that person's always a little bit better. You actually th- – this the Kohler effect still manifests. You, you I st- wonder, though, would they have to – I mean, throttle it a little bit 
because I think if it were always better than me, I would get frustrated. Well, I want to like, like catch it once in a while. Like the dog yeah. in Duck Hunt. Yeah. yeah you know, eventually exactly. you, you, you really want to shoot that dog. Um, but, uh, <laughs> because he's laughing at you. I, well, right, yeah. right. Because he's always better than you. Um, no. And, and I, you know, and it does sound, I think the scientific term is whack that, um, that you would react to a, a digital opponent the same way that you would a human opponent. But I mean, but any kind of study into, um, anthropomorphizing, uh, digital personas will show you that people do that all the time willingly and yeah. subconsciously so i think that could yeah absolutely yeah and i agree with holly actually i, I think probably the best result would be if they mixed it up a little bit if yeah. it was most of the time better than you but you could catch up every now and then yeah, yeah. you gotta yeah. feel like there's a chance otherwise yeah. it feels very sisyphusian well, you know one thing i could imagine is that um if your ability to catch the uh, the slightly better than you always virtual partner was um, not based on your sort of what would you call it your your gross performance but based on your gains mm-hmm. so like if you beat your own best by a certain rate yeah does that make sense yeah, because in that way you could sort of always advance more it does although I wonder what happens then when you kind of max out yeah you know what I mean there's a point where uh, like as a runner, I'm not going to get faster. Mm-hmm. Sure. So well, at that then, point, then I will you get never legs. ever catch <laughs> the thing. Well, but I mean, but there's but there's also there, there's other indicators of how well you're doing at running than how fast you're going. Hypothetically, I mean, is that is that the only thing that you're going for? Or, I mean, no, or, I, don't, or, I don't pay attention. I really don't care about <laughs> speed at all. Like mm-hmm. when I run a race, I don't care what my finish time is. Uh, I have at some points, like I've set a goal, like an annual goal, and been like, mm-hmm. I want to finish in this time, a half marathon this year in this time. Mm-hmm. Um, but often I'm just like, let's just all have fun out on the course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a, uh, a really funny alternative to this virtual partner that I found was the idea of a running coach drone. Apparently this is for real. Uh, did y'all read about this? I did not. Mm-hmm. No. It's called Jogobot. It's Jogobot. a flying running coach drone that has quad rotors and it basically flies ahead of you encouraging you to go faster the future is now yeah now <laughs> Slash I, I, look scary. At this, I, I look at this and i i have such conflicting feelings on one hand i'm like that is so cool on the other hand i'm kind of like why it does seem like a lot of resources put towards something that would Probably only have a really niche market. <laughs> yeah, like I'm picturing yeah. someone trotting down the road with that in front of them, and like one just aside from the safety risks of cars slamming into each other because they're like, "What is <laughs> going on there?" Uh, yeah, I have to wonder if it's not at that point the segue of the fitness world. <laughs> you know what I mean, like it's really neat. Yeah, but why? But only people with a lot of disposable income have them. You know, yeah. I don't. and, and uh, like a lack of. The inability to be afraid of not looking cool. <laughs> I, um, I threw that away a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, but then again, no, but then, but now I'm coming back. Wait a minute, that could be really awesome. I don't know. I'd have. I'd definitely want to try it out. I would love that for group runs. I think yeah. there is oh, be a fun. lot of it yeah. because I think that would then really kind of assist in the Kohler effect because no one would want to be the person that falls so far behind you're not able to keep an eye on the drone anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would, if we can bring it back to video games, I would expect it to be British and really snarky. And that would be, that would, if, I mean, if it could talk to us as we were running. Oh, it's um, like the thing in uh, Portal 2. Right, right. Yeah. Or, or, or Halo also has one of those. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, so. You just get a giant robot to run in front of you. Yeah. You can have like gypsy danger and you chase it. <laughs> I would be so all over that. That's wonderful. <laughs> okay, so we've talked about gamification. Uh, I want to talk about one more thing, which is uh, nano generators. Oh, I love them. You love them. I really do. I want them. Is it a secret? No. I oh, just get so excited the, that I get You want to tell the world. I, I really do love them. We worked on an article for uh, House of Works last year, the end of the prior year, uh, about nano generators, and we... Um, 
spoke with uh, Zia Wang, who runs a lab at Georgia Tech, which is not far away from us. Oh, uh, I and read he, about him. He's so nice and just really cool. And, it, you know, reading about like his work just blew my mind mm-hmm. and was cool. And it was one of those things where I remember telling my best friend, who is a mom, like, oh, this is so great. They have these tiny, you know, pieces of tech that you attach to yourself and it converts your kinetic energy into actual usable energy. And she's like, they should slap that on a bunch of four-year-olds. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, energy crisis. Is solved. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, Professor Wang, he he was involved in the uh, nano uh, the nano generators based on the zinc oxide nanowire yep. arrays. Yeah, is which right? they grow. They grow yeah. these wires. And apparently, this was a big breakthrough because it got much more return of like voltage. Yeah. For the mechanical energy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he really has it. I mean, there have been different labs working on this idea. His is certainly not the only one, but yeah. he really advanced it very quickly at one point when they started working with these growing tiny, the nanowires, tiny na- yeah. nanowires. Yeah. Uh, so the, the effect is known in physics as uh, piezoelectricity, right? Right. Yeah. Um, and what that means piezo. is. Uh, we always have this argument. Yeah. It's uh, a no, piezo, piezo is correct. Piezo. Piezo. Yeah. No. Not oh, a delicious want, rice dish I that makes electricity. I want that. <laughs> yeah, it well, it turns shellfish into usable energy. That sounds great. No, what it does is it... <laughs> That's what I do it every turns, day. <laughs> uh, I, actually, I think it can go both ways, right? But I think what we're talking about here is it's turning mechanical energy, so like movement, yeah. into electricity. Yes. Correct. Which is electrical current. Yes. Current, um, right. And you, you, you look at these things and they don't look like much. It looks like just a little flexible chip. You know, yeah, what it's is like that? a sticker. Well, but mm-hmm. put this thing on the bottom of your shoes or really on any surface that's going to be stressed, strained, or smashed. Or flexed. Flexed. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. You could you could hypothetically even pave a road or a sidewalk with this kind of stuff if you, you know, wanted to if if you could figure out a way to protect it. Yeah, and this actually generates electric current straight from that. That's amazing. You could you could charge your phone by going out for a run. Yeah. Potentially. Now, I think the problem so far is that they they're still not like amazingly efficient. Like they don't. They have a they cap at how much they can capture. Right. Right. Uh, and back when we were working on the article, it was very small. It was like the amount of two AA batteries. Right. Mm-hmm. Which so is nonetheless to run your MP3 player. Mm-hmm. Like if you have a little clip on one or or your phone. Um, I mean, it also, outside of fitness, just as a quick aside, it has lots of medical uses as well, mm-hmm. where it can be used. The idea is that you would implant it on something like a lung that is always flexing just by virtue of your breathing, and it could be powering your um, uh, pacemaker. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did I see? It could, it could take the uh, the mechanical energy of your pulse and use it to power an implanted insulin injector. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, insulin pumps are the one. Yeah, the other one. Incredibly cool, yeah. right? But there have been discussions, and I remember seeing in I forget what fitness magazine it was, like a couple years back before I even worked on this article, they were talking about you guys, nano generators. It's going to be in your clothes, and it's going to power your MP3 player, and it will automatically motivate you because if you stop running, your music stops too. <laughs> and then I was like, where is this technology? <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> and we're not there yet to commercial market, but we're getting closer. Yeah. I think that about wraps it up. Do y'all want to talk about anything else? I that's that's all I got. Well, I think the bottom line is that games and gadgets are going to prevent you from dying. You're Yay! Gonna, you're gonna live forever. <laughs> that's good news. <laughs> No, no, no. But they may actually make a big difference. I actually, I feel pretty good about the gamification issue. Like, especially with Zombies Run, that sounds really cool. And I I see that it's not just a trick. Like, I can see that kind of thing actually working in the long term with people. Yeah. And I hope they keep churning out seasons. Although I've replayed and really enjoyed, just like you would your favorite television series. I enjoy going back through the, the plot line as well. Yeah. Cool. Well, hopefully our uh, digital virtual fitness partners will keep us in shape in the future. That's the hope. Yep. And Fingers crossed. Oh, wait. So Jonathan usually does some, like, talking out thing, doesn't uh, he? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, so we hope that you have enjoyed this magical, magical episode of Forward Thinking. I hope um, they didn't. But. If you- <laughs> If you if you have if you would like to get in touch with us, you can visit uh, fwthinking.com. That is where you can find links to our social media, uh, all of our podcasts, all the videos, super cool blogs, 
And, uh, and yeah, you can get in touch with us there. If you want to go directly to Twitter or Facebook, we are at FWThinking as well, I believe. Dot com. Well, it would not the, the handles. Oh, the handles. I, I see. I see the FW handles. Thinking. You're right. Right. Yeah. Sometimes people talk online, Joe. There's these social networks. They're yeah. really cool. They allow people to connect. Yeah. I got yeah. I got to get on the MySpace. <laughs> So find Joe on the MySpace, find the rest of us on those other things, and we will talk to you again really soon. For more on this topic and the future of technology, visit forwardthinking.com. Brought to you by Toyota. Let's go places. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl, go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today.